somebody say thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is in this place. I pray those of you who are joining us virtually, I pray that you can sense the presence of the Lord right where you are. We certainly feel the presence of the Lord in this place, and we thank God for his goodness. Amen. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. Amen. When you get a little bit older, Christmas is about watching everybody else be happy as long as you get a chance to just relax. So you get older, you said, all right, it's not about me, but it's about everybody else and them enjoying themselves and being happy. So I pray you were able to get some R&R. You got to see family, got to relax. Amen. And I thank God for bringing us this far. Amen. There's something, uh, there's a reason why he has kept you. We like to say, oh, I thank God for another day. And my question always is, well, why? We thank God for another day, but why are we thanking him for another day? So we can enjoy ourselves. So we can get more of what we're trying to get accomplished, accomplished. Just something to think about. But I thank God for being in the house of the Lord this morning. This is where we ought to be. Amen. If you are in your right mind, you need to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I know sometimes uh, our jobs and things uh, happen. But do everything you can to make sure this is a time where you can be in the house of the Lord. Amen. This is where you get equipped for eternity. We want to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we thank you for joining us this morning in our service. Amen. Brother Scarlett preached at our 9 a.m. Uh, service, and he did an excellent job. He preached with passion, and he just conveyed what the Lord placed in his heart. And we thank God for him and for the word of God this morning. Amen. If you will stand with me, we're going to go right into the word of God in Matthew 2. Matthew chapter 2, amen. Good to see all of you this morning. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 2. Praise singers, thank you. Amen. You allowed God to flow through you, and we appreciate you for what you do in the kingdom. Matthew chapter 2, verse number 19. But when Herod was dead. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the life or sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. 
But when he had heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Lord, we thank you for your word and for your presence this morning. God, we want your will to be done. We want your kingdom to manifest in this place. Lord, we need your power to move in our midst. We need the divine, the supernatural. For, Lord, we cannot do what it takes, Lord God, to spiritually, oh God, glean and gain what we need. But we need the help of the Almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray this morning, God, that you just overshadow us and that you speak to us and that, Lord, we will be impacted An encounter with you this morning is what we desire. And so we ask your will to be done and that we will leave this place changed. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we go into another year, it's not guaranteed that we all will go into the next year. I know we're close. But every year... We have seen where a lot of people get right up to that point and never crossed over. But as we approach the coming year, I want to encourage you. I want to tell you that we have to challenge ourselves in God. To not allow just the times we come together in the house of God to be our God moments. Our God moments need to be all the time. Brother Scarlett used a word the Bible used. uh, That word is, 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 is perpetual. Continuous. It never stops. And... I pray that as we go into 2021, that our God moments will be perpetual. It it will not just be at 9 a.m. on Sundays or 10.30 on Sundays or Thursday evenings at at 7.30. And for about three or four of us, Saturday evenings at 6.30. Hopefully we will grab a hold of this thing and make it perpetual that whether we're in the building where we come to worship the Lord or we're outside this building, we will have God moments. Because if you're walking in Christ, you will get to experience the supernatural power of Christ. And oftentimes we come into the house of God and we want to experience the supernatural power of Christ. But we're so far removed from connectivity with him that it's hard to conjure up that, 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 that 
action of worship and, and that feel of praise and, and, and thanksgiving. And so we never really get to that place. But if we will have God moments all the time, when we come into this house, it will be like takeoff, just takeoff. Helicopter takeoff, not airplane takeoff. Boom. When we're having God moments all the time. So I challenge you that throughout your life, throughout the week, moving into 2021, you will be sure you set yourself up in a place where you're having God moments all the time. What does that mean, preacher? You know what that means. Moments where you're meditating on God. Moments where you may be just sitting and you're talking to God, just you and God. God, uh, I just thank you. I, I appreciate how you've kept. You're sitting around. You're driving and you're just thinking about God. And, 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 and you're, you're, you have a moment to read the scriptures and you take your time. Not to get some reading in, but to, to get the word of God into your spirit. Uh, you pray just at the drop of a hat just because. You're having God moments. You, you are constantly being in connection with him. I challenge you for 2021, you will live your life as such. I just believe what God has in store for us in 2021. God doesn't have to do anything with us like we sometimes live like. Because sometimes we live like, well, sooner or later, he got to get to me. We live like, regardless of what's going on, he got to get to me sooner or later. Because, you know, that he's God. He's going to get to me sooner or later to do something. But I'm going to show you in the word of God this morning that that's not the way you want to live. Herod, that evil ruler, died in 4 B.C., which means that Jesus was born sometime between 6 and 5 B.C. It is impossible not to notice the parallel between Matthew 2 and 20 and Exodus 4 and 19, the call of Moses. As the son of God, Jesus was in Egypt and was called out to go to Israel. Moses was outside Egypt, hiding for his life, and he was called to return to Egypt. They both, or they were both called to go to a place where their life would be at stake. But God's plan was to be fulfilled there. So you stop for a moment and you think, Moses was running from Pharaoh, so he went to hide outside of Egypt. Jesus, Herod was in Israel as a tyrant leader, and he was to be hidden in Egypt so his life wouldn't be at stake. Moses was trying to keep his life from being at stake. Mary and Joseph was keeping Jesus' life from being at stake. But the time came 
where the where where God of the Moses, you got to go into Egypt because I'm going to use you to let my people go. Mary and Joseph, you got to take that child into the land where he needs to go in Israel because that's where his ministry will start. Danger zone. And we oftentimes as Christians like to feel like You know, it's all good all the time with God in the way things unfold. And so when there's danger zone, we tend to feel like that can't be the will of God. But God wanted both these men to be in a place where their life was at stake. In both cases, God's plan of redemption was involved. Listen to me. We can pretty this thing up as much as we would like to, Ethan. We can dress it up the way we want to dress it up, Christianity. But at the core of Christianity, it's Jesus Christ giving his life to save us. At the core of this thing, The man, Jesus Christ, who's almighty God manifest in flesh. The man, Christ Jesus, came to this earth and gave his life so you and I and everyone else would have eternal life. So his mission at the core of everything is always him reaching to save the lost. The children of Israel were in Egypt as slaves and God raised up a child who became a man named Moses. And he did that for what? To let them out of bondage, to let them out of sin. And now we come and we read with Jesus that he was born king, savior of the world. Save his people. And so we can dress this thing up however we want. But at the core of it is people needing to be saved. We can dress it up any way we want. We can make it feel good according to our desires. But God's will is that his people that he created would be saved. And so today I want to talk to you on this topic, divine protection for a divine plan. Divine protection for a divine plan. Mm-hmm. It took courage for Joseph and his family to leave Egypt. And it took courage for Moses to return to Egypt. One was leaving, one was going in. But both the missions were the same. People were enslaved in sin and bondage and oppression. And they needed to be delivered. Both cases were that people would be delivered and would be saved. It takes courage for us today to submit and obey the divine plan of God. There's a lot of people today 
that are in the church, whether they're born again or they're not born again, but they're in the body, they're within the body, that they're trying to get the courage or may not have the courage yet to, to, to become what God wants them to become, to serve the plan that God designed them for. But I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, you can be encouraged because God will take care of you if you will trust him and submit to his divine plan for your life. You can trust God. How interesting it is that Jesus, God Almighty, came to the earth in flesh to save mankind. But man is trying to reject and to destroy him. Ignorant Herod. Ignorant Pharaoh. They're rulers, but they're ignorant. Because they don't even realize that they need saving. They don't even realize that they need delivering. And the very one that is supposed to deliver them and save them, they're trying to destroy. They're ignorant. And this is why the Lord Jesus, when he was on the cross, he can say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I will submit to you this morning that we need to take that attitude, that position more often than we do. Because we like to assume they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. I can't believe they said this or did this. They know what they're doing. Why wouldn't Herod know he needs saving? Why wouldn't Pharaoh know he needs saving? I mean, you're talking about men at the time were just chief rulers. Why wouldn't they know? But they didn't. So let's not assume. Let's not treat people bad. Let's not give people attitude. Because we're assuming they know, they should understand, and why we are treating them this way and that way. When we don't understand that, they may not know. I'll rather take the side of saying they may not know and they knew. Than to say they knew and they didn't know. Because when you think they know and they don't know, you behave a certain way and you hurt people that way. And it's hard to retract hurt. But when you play the ignorant game, the stupid game, like I like to try to do, is saying, they don't know, leave them alone. My actions will not be to hurt because I'm operating from the premise of, they don't know. I'd rather act that way and behave that way and later on find out that they did know, water under the bridge, don't care. We will die in our sins if we neglect or reject Jesus. We will die in misery if we neglect or reject Jesus. That's what happened to Herod. That's what happened to Pharaoh when he rejected Moses. He was rejecting Moses' God. 
You keep the king out of your life and you will not have eternal life. And so we have to decide this thing. Do I want some temporary satisfaction by doing what I for a while, but inheriting eternal life? You know, after a while, when you live this life long enough, it becomes your life. So it's no longer an uncomfortable situation. Maybe when you first come among the body, the believers of Christ, maybe when you first came and you observed certain things and you say, wow, that's what you have to do to be a Christian. It might seem like something just hard. It might seem challenging. It might seem uncomfortable. But the bottom line is you just get involved and you begin to trust God and obey God. You submit your life. You repent of your sins. You get baptized in Jesus name. You allow God to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost and start walking this walk and start doing the things that are uncomfortable that you don't like and you'll see you'll begin to enjoy it. You'll begin to like it. It will become your lifestyle and you will be pleased to know you're pleasing God and on top of it you will inherit eternal life how beautiful is that yes for all of us it started out like man what is that all about why do we have to do that why can't we do this <laughs> you know it's funny you go get you a new job And they hire you. And they have their policies and procedures already in place. And you're coming from your company before that one. And you come there and you open your mouth to say something about the other company and you might not have a job eventually. But somehow we're trying to get into the kingdom of God. And we feel like, why would you have to do that? Is all that necessary? You want to get in the kingdom? That's what it is. You don't want to get in? Don't even worry yourself. Don't even frustrate yourself. Don't even get mad. Just don't do it. Understand what your future is. But that's it. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. Israel was not safe while Herod was the ruler. But after Herod died, the angel appeared once again in a dream to direct Joseph. The angel instructed Joseph to return to Israel because those who were trying to take the child's life is dead or dead. Herod was a powerful, evil ruler who tried to stop the plan of God. But not Herod. Nor the devil 
or anyone else can stop the plan of God. I don't think you believe that. I I don't think you believe that because I I think if we really believe that nothing or no one can stop the plan of God, I think there would be more of us involved in the plan of God. Herod died. Proud tyrants that oppress the godly in the land of the living. Their day must come to fall, and down to the pit they must go. Anyone who opposes God's plan, your days are numbered. You oppose God's plan, you will come to a place of destruction because nobody or no one who opposes God can ever live. Wiped out. Herod was in deep trouble when he was opposing the plan of God. We have no need to fear man because they can't stop God's plan. You can't even stop God's plan in the role you play in God's plan. Because if you don't do what God wants you to do, he'll raise another up to do it. That doesn't trouble you that God designed and created you as part of his plan and and have special assignments for you and you only. And you never stop to say, what is that assignment? What is that plan? What am I supposed to be doing? Don't you challenge yourself like that? And the bottom line is, if you never go down that road of thought and inquire of the Lord about what is my part? What is my role? What is my responsibility? What am I supposed to do in the plan of God? If you never do that and just live your life the way you want, God will raise another up and they will fulfill those purposes. So God is all-inclusive, but you don't do what you're supposed to do, he will use another. Know that about God. And so, Josephus gives an account of the death of Herod. Josephus said that Herod was seized with a disease which burned him inwardly with an inexpressible torture. He had a disease that was burning him, burning him up from the inside. It was just killing him from the inside. He couldn't even express the torture he was going through. I would say Herod got what was coming to him. Because when you try to get in the way of stopping the plan of God and you try to stop God, you're only leading yourself to your own demise. Joseph was on the other hand. Now you think about the life of Herod. Now think about the life of Joseph. We're talking about Jesus' stepdad. Did you ever stop to think Jesus had a stepdad? Yeah, Joseph was a stepdad. Some people say his foster dad. You call it whatever you want. Foster step. He wasn't, he, was, he wasn't the one that brought Jesus into existence. It wasn't Joseph. 
And so, Joseph, let's talk about him a little bit. Joseph, he was a just man, meaning that he lived a pious life in accordance with the scriptural law. Although the law allowed him to make Mary a public example and have both Mary and her family disgraced, Joseph determined that a quiet divorce would be better. If you're following the story, you realize that Joseph was engaged. Their engagement is not like our engagement today. Their engagement is, if you got engaged back then, you was good as married. And so they got engaged for a year. And during that year, if if anyone went outside of that engagement, considered a that was and that was room for divorcement if there was that kind of behavior. And so Joseph and Mary, they're engaged, getting ready to get married. And all of a sudden she shows up pregnant. Joseph is like, you got to be kidding me. I paid down a little dowry already, got stuff set up already, ready to go and get married. And you go sleep with somebody else. You got to be kidding me. I can imagine so many, so, so, so uh, a lot of us men, how we would have responded to that. Our response would have been terrible. Terrible. But we learn from that moment what kind of man Joseph was. Because Joseph had every right to go point his finger in her daddy's face, in her mama's face, and say, you couldn't control your daughter? I showed you that I was ready to marry her. You couldn't make sure she lived up to her end. He had every right to go out and disgrace that family, and he had every right to go disgrace Mary. But we learn that's not what Joseph did. The Lord spoke to Joseph. The angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph and said, yo, dude, she didn't cheat on you. She didn't cheat on you. Her pregnancy came by the Holy Ghost. She didn't cheat on you. Now, that sounds all good. But again, brothers, there ain't no Holy Ghost. Don't tell me, please. I remember when she walked down the street down at that dude's house, and I saw him look at her, and she looked back a little bit. Don't tell me foolish. Y'all like to use God whenever y'all want to use God, whenever it's convenient to use God. You know that's what we would have done. Only when it's convenient to use God. You, you ain't no pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Who ever got pregnant? Was there anybody ever got pregnant by the Holy Ghost? You, you, now you're really hot because you think they're playing you. You're really hot playing me. You went and slept with someone, got pregnant, and then you tell me it's God? That's how we would have rolled. But I'm pointing out this man, Joseph, Jesus' stepdad, his foster dad. I'm pointing him out to you this morning so you see what a man of God is supposed to be like. Pointing him out. Uh Uh-huh. 
During a dream, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and disclosed that Mary had actually been faithful to him and that the child she had conceived was by the Holy Spirit and would be he, the child, the son of God. Therefore, Joseph did not fear to take Mary as his wife. That says a lot about Joseph and his relationship with God. Because it sounds good right now today because we all know the story. But I'm talking about current moment and being in that moment. We still saying, get out of my face trying to tell me some stuff about God. Get out of here, girl. From what we glean from the scripture, Joseph was a God-fearing man who obeyed God's every instructions. Mm -hmm. He was a God-fearing man. He obeyed God. He, Joseph, was tested and he passed the test. Mm -hmm. He was. He passed the test. With limited knowledge of what Mary was up to. He didn't know that it was of the Holy Ghost. But when he was told by the angels of the Holy Ghost, he trusted God. And he didn't put her away. And he didn't divorce her. And he didn't disgrace his parents her parents because he was a God fearing man. He just wasn't having God moments when they went to the synagogue. He was having God moments all the time. He was consistent in his walk with God, whether in the synagogue or at home or wherever he was. He was having God moments. He was trusting God all the time. He was talking to God. The angels were talking to him. He had a relationship that were perpetual and he heard from God. We today, as the children of God, we want to hear from God all the time, but our relationship with God is not perpetual. Our relationship with God is just spurts and moments and times. There's no excuse. For us in how we correspond with God. We have to get out of the obligation way of living for God. Okay, I get up, I know I'm supposed to pray. I need to thank God. Okay, it's good to read the Bible. If I can, I can. If I can't, I just, it's just the way it is. Okay, I know Sundays I'm supposed to go into the house of the Lord. Okay, I'll go because I'm supposed to go. Oh, they're clapping, so I guess this is the part where I should clap too. I hear the word of God. That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't understand that. But when we leave here, we do nothing with what we heard. Challenging you, church. Challenging you. For us to have God moments all the time. 
develop such a relationship with God like Joseph had that were constantly connected to him, were constantly in communications with him, were constantly exuding him, were constantly thinking about him. Yes, you can do that and still go to work. Yes, you can do that and still take care of your family. Yes, you can do that and still clean your house. Yes, you can do that and still, listen, here I go. I get last, last week was my, my couch soapbox. This week is driving. When I drive, I will not lie to you. This is my phone. Driving is for driving. I'm not stretching over to see what's over here in the glove compartment. I'm not getting something under the seat. I'm not picking from some french fries. I'm not drinking my drink. I'm not doing anything. Driving is my both hands on the steering wheel. I'm driving and I'm rolling. Unfortunately, I'm always behind somebody. Yeah. You know, some of them that don't have the car link up to the phone, I don't know if they do or they don't, but they just roll it like that. Yeah, you good? Oh, I'll be through it a little bit. One minute they in the right line, then you see them swerve a little bit, oh, come back. Then you're trying to figure out, are they going left or are they going right? Because I just need to get past them. That's the soapbox I'm on this week. You can do all of that and still be connected and have God moments is what I'm trying to tell you. We can multitask with God. Long as he's at the center, as long as he is the foundation, as long as he is the core, the center of it all, you can do what you got to do for Jesus and still do everything else. Somehow we think we go to work and we got to leave them out. Somehow we think we start doing other things and we got to leave them out. No, that's not what Joseph did. Joseph was able to give dowry. He was able to propose to her and do all of that stuff and still was in touch with God the whole time. We need to have the attitude, the character like Joseph had. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you know about Joseph that showed his true character as a man of God and that he was God-fearing and that was you remember the story with Jesus when Mary and Joseph went to the feast, mm-hmm. went to the Passover feast, and it was a lot of them. When it was time to go back home, they were on their way home, but it was a crowd, they are going back to their hometown, and all of a sudden it dawned on them, did you see Jesus in the crowd? I think he was in the crowd, honey. You sure? You know, the wife that's more curious. You sure? And Joseph's like, I think he was in the crowd. I mean, come on, why wouldn't he be in the crowd, honey? I don't think he was in there. I, I just feel something. Honey, I just feel something. I don't think Jesus was back there. And they stopped and went check the crowd. 
know Jesus. Oh, my goodness. What happened to my baby? Yeah, he was probably about 12 or 13, but still, you know, the woman, the, the baby. Yeah. And she started freaking out. And Joe said, come on, honey, let's go find Jesus. And they went back and found him in the synagogue teaching and stuff like that. But the point is, Joseph took his family to the Passover feast every year. Every year they took, Joseph took his family. Come on, we go to the Passover feast. And every year they went. That tells you that he was a man of God. A God-fearing man that led his family to Jesus. Taking Jesus, leading Jesus to Jesus. <laughs> but we know that Joseph was a God-fearing man always. We need to develop character like Joseph. We need to develop an attitude like Joseph, how he is just a God-fearing man, how he takes care of his family and lead them to the Lord and, 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 and had the right attitude and right spirit about things. Listen to me. God's plan in the earth includes all of us here today. There is not one person in this room that God does not include in his great big plan. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your status is right now. I don't care where you are in Christ. If you're far away from him or you're close to him or you're in the middle straddling, I'm here to tell you, you are included in God's great big plan. You play a role. You play a part in God's great big divine plan. You have to know that. You have to understand that, that you play a vital role in God's plan. You do. Yes, you do. All of us, we have a part to play in the plan of God. But we need the attitude and the character of Joseph. We need the attitude and character of Joseph. In order for the plan to come together, there must be communication. And we're assuming without communication. Mm -hmm. We keep putting responsibility on Jesus that doesn't belong on him. Well, he knows where I am. He's all-knowing. I'm not going to be a, I'm not trying to play psychologist. But you've heard me kind of go down this road before. If you are one, you need to be honest with yourself about this. If you're a person that you're in a relationship and the other person is working harder than you in a relationship. You need to re-examine yourself and ask God to help you. It's not right. It's not right to be in a relationship, any relationship. I don't care what the relationship is. And it's lopsided in the efforts. It's not right. 
And if you're on the end where you can be honest with yourself and says, I'm not working enough. That other person is putting in more than I'm putting in. I need to, you need to tell yourself, I need to do better. Why are you saying that, preacher? Because it may just help you in your relationship with Christ. It may just help because because the same attitude that you have in your personal relationship with someone, it's it's carrying over into your relationship. <laughs> it's carrying over into your relationship with Christ. So if your behavior is you're kind of just letting it all come to you and you don't really do a whole lot, then you're doing Jesus the same way. Let him come to me. I'll get to him when I can, but let him come to me. And so I'm going to help you this morning to say, start with the relationship you're in now. Whether it's you and your children, whether it's you and your wife, whether it's you and your brothers and sisters. I don't care what the relationship is. I'm just saying, look at the relationships in your life and see if you're the one that's bringing less to the table. And the other or others are bringing more. I'm not telling you it's going to be equal or even. I'm just saying, start doing more, bringing more to the table. Start being more proactive in your relationship with each other because it will help you when it comes down to Jesus. You won't sit back and just expect God to do everything. Whether you realize that you're doing that or not, it's quite possible because of the way you're built, because that's what you're going to tell me. It's okay that you're built that way, but you can put the effort in to change that about you. Joseph was a God-fearing man with great character and an attitude to say, I'm going to do what's right no matter what. He stayed connected to Jesus. He stayed connected to the divine plan once he realized what was going on. But the only reason why he knew what was going on was because he had that relationship before all of this stuff started. You follow what I'm saying? We want God to show us this and work on this. Go back to Noah and look at Noah. He had a relationship with God. This is why God says, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Because when you have a relationship with him, he will reveal the plan. He will begin to speak to you. He will begin to reveal things that everybody else will not get the revelation of. When you are part of the plan, you begin to say stuff that people don't catch on to till years later. Watched it, experienced it. You say stuff and people are like, what are you talking about? Because they're not in tune. And because they're not in tune, you sound like you're talking crazy. But if they were in tune, they just they, they're lock and step with you. And they know what you're talking about because they're in tune with the master builder. They're, they're in tune with the architect. And when you're in tune with him, then we all are in tune together. But when you're not in tune with him, we're going to all seem like we're off. Because one is going to be doing something and the other is going to be like, what are you doing? We need to become 
like Joseph. We need to establish a relationship with God that is before so he can begin to unveil his plan, the part that we play in the plan, the role that we have uh, uh, in the plan. We, we, but, but it takes our relationship with God first. We can't just say, God, I know I'm a part of the plan, so just tell me when you're ready. It's not the way it works. You have to see God. You have to show You know what they say, Brother Scarlett, about college? And today, more than ever, it's being magnified. Going to college, it doesn't say that you're smart. They, that's, it was, for, for long as they wouldn't say this, but now they, they, they can say it because we got so many ways of learning things. So behind all of it is you go to college Not because you're going to be smarter. You go to college because you've proven that you are a disciplined person so I can trust you. That's what's going on. And that's what it's always been. Now, we didn't always know that. But that's why they hire you and trust you. That's why they make you CEO. That's why they give you this kind of job and that kind of job. Because they look and say, okay, what college they go? Oh, yeah, that's prestige. Oh, you know. They require certain things. Oh, yeah. You know, and they know the culture that gets built in you when you go to that institution. So now what they're saying is you have proven that over four years you have discipline. Now I can bring you in my company and trust you. Four years. Now I can bring you in my company and trust you. That's what colleges do. Learning institution does. Universities. That's what they do. So what are we going to do about Jesus? We can just not do any studying. We can just not do any learning. We can do no seeking. And he's just going to entrust us with the role that we got to play in the plan. No big deal. No church. Doesn't work that way. We're going to have to put some work in. We're going to have to show commitment. We're going to have to show that we believe his word. We're going to have to show that we have faith. We're going to have to show the work that we put in, whether it's being in the house of God, whether it's prayer, whether it's reading our Bible, whether it's reaching the lost, whether it's feeding the hungry, whether it's helping the homeless, whatever it is, we have to get involved and begin to demonstrate that we are in this and God can trust us with what we need to do. We have a role in the plan and we have to show what we, we, we have what it takes for God to trust us. Let's not go into 2021 just leaving everything up in the air and keep thinking that, well, God will do something. How about you, you challenge God? How about you challenge God going into 2021? Preacher, what do you mean by that? God, I know you have a plan for me. I know you have designed me to do something specific within your kingdom. God, I am not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop seeking you. I'm not going to stop just giving my all to you until you reveal what the plan is. And even when you reveal the plan, I'm going to continue in the plan. How about you challenge God? God, will you reveal it to me? Challenge God. That will keep you consistently, perpetually seeking God. 
And if I know him like I know him, he's going to let you do that for a little bit. Because it's like lifting weights. So he's going to let you do that for a little bit. Because what you're going to be doing is lifting, building your spiritual muscles. As you seek him, as you seek him, you're building your spiritual muscles. So why don't you challenge him? He knows your heart, so don't even play around. You know how, you know how, you know how good God is in knowing our heart? Cheryl, Herod played games, and God just shredded him. You know the game he played? Hey! I heard um, the king of the Jews is supposed to be born. I tell you what, when you find out where he is, come back and give me words so I can go and worship him. That's what he said. And God just knows his heart. I tell you, man, we serve the God. Hey, man, we, 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 we need to just live for God. This is, it's, it's pretty cool. It's really pretty cool to live for God because you, you know in that God, he's he playing games with himself, but he thinks he's, I don't know. And so he said, yeah, bring back word. I want to go and worship him. And so the Lord told his men, don't even go back that way. Don't pay that joke in no mind. And so all, all that, that, that lie he was telling, all the deceit he was trying to put out there was for zero, zilch, naught. So I did all that, told you all that just to say, as you seek God, don't be like Herod. <laughs> just don't be like Herod. <laughs> don't, don't, don't have some other agenda when you're doing this. You only can have the right agenda, which is God, I heard your word, and I want to be what I am supposed to be. I want to fulfill my role and my purpose in you. And so, God, I'm seeking you for you to reveal to me what I'm supposed to do. You sincere? And you do that? He'll let you do it for a little bit. So you're all committed to it because now you're, 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 you're bought in hook, line, and sinker. Now you're in, and now he can says, all right, let me reveal some of this thing to you here so you can get going. But that's what we need to do. If we will do that, 2021 is going to be like none other. There is a divine protection for the divine plan of God. It's interesting how they couldn't kill Moses. It's interesting how they couldn't kill Joseph. You checking those things out? Moses' life was sought. Joseph's life was sought. Jesus' life was sought. The Apostle Paul, and I can go on and on. These are men that are part of the plan of God. Uh, uh, the, the, the harlot, her life was sought because she helped out the spies. Rahab. Haven't we learned yet, church, that when we become a part of God's plan, we don't have to worry about who can take our life. We don't have to worry about who can destroy us. We don't have to worry about who can do anything to us. Whether it's 
man or the devil. We don't have to worry about who can do anything to us when we say, God, I will do what you want me to do. Nobody can defeat you. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can subvert the plan of God for your life. We have proof. We have witness. So why don't we get on board and say, God, what is the plan? For I will do whatever it is that you want me to do. Because nobody can stop it. We don't have to be fearful of saying, what if? What if what? I can answer that for you right now. What if what? What if what? Because I'll tell you this. So we already clarified that the devil nor man cannot stop God's plan for your life. But I'm not. Well, I got answers for that too. Moses cried the blues how he wasn't qualified. Jeremiah cried the blues how he wasn't qualified. But we forget that Jesus Christ is the one that qualifies us. And he equips us for whatever he calls us to do. So he doesn't, listen, he equips you way before you were even born to fulfill your part in the plan. He equips you way before you were born to fulfill your part in his plan. I'm done. I said this the other day, and I won't get off it. Maybe one day the Lord is going to let me come across it real clear. And I'll continue to say this. Your eternal life is tied to your plan in Christ. I just can't see how we're going to make it to heaven never fulfilling our part in the plan. I don't see it. Because if 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 we're not if if we're going to live and not fulfilling our part, there's so much that we're going to miss out on. And we're not going to have what we need to be strong in Christ because we're not going to be where we need to be to for God to to strengthen us, for God to to continue to to just grow us. And so we're going to be weak and feeble and we're probably going to fall to the wayside because we're not getting strengthened because we're not functioning and operating in the plan that God has for our life. We have to get into the plan and do what God wants us to do. We really do. We don't have a choice at this point. It's what God is calling us to do. Joseph, he made sure he had a relationship with God. I'm not sure if he had any clue. I'm sure he had no clue that he was going to be the stepdaddy of Jesus. I'm sure he had no clue he was going to be Jesus' stepdad. But that had nothing to do with him. All he did was be faithful to God. All he did was do what was right and be a God-fearing, just man of God. That's all he did. And God probably, if when, when Joseph see God in heaven, God probably smiled at him and says, huh, set you up, huh? <laughs> 
You didn't think that he was going to be a part of that, huh, did you? I'm telling you, we get to heaven, we're going to have a laugh with God. <laughs> you, you, you didn't know I was going to do that, did you? <laughs> He's going to have a lot to smirk about with all of us that responded to fulfilling the plan. Because we all don't really know the role that we play in it, but we need to seek him for him to reveal to us where we are to start. And he will take us through the plan. And we will cover much territory. And only in the end will we know and understand what the plan really was. But we won't know right now. But we don't have to fear. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to be concerned. Listen, finally. We all can say this. Tomorrow is not promised. Right? The Bible says that. But I can guarantee how tomorrow can be promised to you. Sean, I can promise you. I can, I, can, I can guarantee you how tomorrow can be promised to you. How's that, preacher? Get with the plan. That's all. Joe, just get with the plan. Now, for me, tomorrow might not be promised because maybe I have fulfilled my plan. I don't know. Maybe not yet. But there's no guarantee. But for some of you here today, you haven't started yet. So because you haven't started, I am sure tomorrow's promise if you will get started. I guarantee you will see the new year if you get started. Guarantee. Because God have a plan that you're involved in. And you haven't gotten on board yet. All you got to do is get on board. And guess what? 2020 got to wait for you. 2020 got to see you because you have something to do that God has designed for you to do. And nothing is going to stop it. Herod couldn't kill Jesus. Pharaoh couldn't kill Moses. And they tried. They tried. Moses lived 120 years and Pharaoh wanted to kill him. Couldn't kill him. You see how tomorrow can be promised? You see how tomorrow can be promised? Get involved with the plan of God. God has a specific plan and you are a part of it. And all you got to do is get on board. And when you get on board, it will be promised the next day. Corona got to wait on you. We're worried about Corona. We have lost. We lost within our organization one of a lot of great men this year. But if you go back and look, those great men that we've lost, they did great things in the Lord. <laughs> None of us are crying for them. We're kind of jealous of them. <laughs> we know those men and none of us, his, their families, I'm sure, is down because they missed them. And we miss them as well. But we know they're better off than us. And when we go back and look at what they have accomplished, we say, wow, God used him mightily. Brother Raul Orozco from out in California, as I told you, when all of his churches that he started come together in one place, they have to go to a stadium. It's over 6,000 people. We lost him the other day. But what did he do? You know how many churches? They, they, they call it the Orozco Network. Because he started so many churches. 
All while he was doing that, the devil couldn't touch him. And so the other day he left here, his work was done. I believe if we leave here before our work is done, we're not going where we think we should be going. We need to get on board with the plan of God for our life. Divine protection for divine plan. You want divine protection? Get on board with the plan of God. I don't know if this was a after Christmas message, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you going into 2021 because God has a plan for us individually and collectively, and we cannot we're running behind in my opinion. We're running behind. The plan that God has for us to be a part of, we're running behind. And we need to catch up to where we need to be. So I challenge you. Have God moments all the time. Don't wait for us to meet together. Have God moments all the time. So when we meet together, it's just popping. It's popping when we come together. We, we will take off like helicopters, not like planes. Because we had so many God moments throughout the times we're not together that when we come together, we're popping. We're ready to go because God wants to do something amazing and magnificent in each and every one of us. Let's stand. Divine protection for a divine plan. God's plan is divine, but if it's a divine plan, there's a divine protection. It's a divine plan, therefore, we get, we receive, we're given divine protection. And so I ask you this morning, this afternoon, to challenge yourself. I don't want you to take this message in any way but to say, I'm ready to do my thing. If you want to just make it simple to yourself, just tell yourself, I'm ready to do my thing in God. I'm ready to do my thing in God. And I'm not going to let anything stop me. I'm ready to do my thing in God. It's my time. It's my turn. I'm going to do my thing in God. I'm not worried about anything. I'm going to trust God because he will provide me with divine protection. Because everybody's worried about protection. He will provide with divine protection. But you have to make sure you're in the divine plan. Uh-huh. How about we talk to him for a few minutes before we dismiss? Lord Jesus, we thank you today for your word and for allowing us to come together in such a time as this. Lord, we're grateful and we're thankful that you count us worthy to be a part of your plan. Lord, we watched how you have always provided divine protection for the men and women of God that you've used mightily, that, oh God, that obeyed you, that were faithful to the mission, to the plan. And, oh God, we watched how you provided them with divine protection. And that, Lord God, the plan was fulfilled because, Lord God, nothing or no one can stop the plan of God. And so today, Lord God, we have heard your word, and now we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you trouble our minds, 
that you stir us, Lord God. That, Lord God, you challenge us. That you move in our lives, Lord God. That we will no longer, oh God, be stagnated, complacent, Lord God. And neglect, oh God, to seek you for your purpose, your plan for our life, Lord God. For, Lord, we have no excuse anymore. For the plan, oh God, is a plan that cannot be stopped. And we, as the instruments that will be used, oh God, to fulfill the plan, oh God, have been afforded protection. And so we ask in the name of Jesus that today, Lord God, will be like no other day. That the word of God will register in our spirit, in our heart, in our soul like never before. That the word of God will consume our minds and that, Lord, whatever we do, whatever we say, oh God, the word will just reverberate in our mind, in our thoughts, in our heart. We will, oh God, will be confronted with the word and the spirit of God to know, Lord God, that you're calling us to a place where we can fulfill the purpose of God. Father, I pray today that you, Lord God, will direct our life, Lord God, in a way where we will go in the ways that are pleasing unto you. I pray for the families here today, the families, Lord God, that are part of the service online. I pray for every family, Lord God, under the sound of my voice today, that, Lord God, there will be a stirring, there will be a move of the Spirit upon them, for them, Lord God, to, oh, Father, respond in faith and obedience to your word today and follow the plan. Seek you, oh God, for the revelation of what they must do. Father, as we go into this new year, I pray, oh God, that we will truly hold fast to the plan of God, that we will trust you, that we will obey you, that we will follow after you, that we will seek to have God moments perpetually. Oh God, have your way today. Not our will, but your will be done, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. I pray that we will walk by faith and not by sight. Bless our homes, our families, Lord God. I pray for provision, Lord God. I pray for understanding. I pray for salvation. That those, Lord God, who have not given their life to you, those who have not surrendered their life to you, that they will surrender their life to you, Lord God, and obey the plan of salvation by repenting of their sins and obeying the plan for baptism in Jesus' name as you fill them with your spirit, Lord God, and that we walk in a holy and righteous lifestyle. I pray, Almighty God, that truly we will humble ourselves and allow you to do what you want to do in our lives, Lord God. Touch us individually and collectively, oh God, bind this church in unity of the Spirit of God and use us, Lord God, mightily to reach the lost, that God, we will be a people that truly will preach the Word of God, that will truly be soul winners, witnesses, disciple makers. Oh God, use us, Lord, to truly build up and establish the work of the ministry in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for strong leadership. I pray that you'll raise up prophets. I pray that you'll raise up evangelists. I pray that you'll raise up teachers and pastors and leaders and evangelists and Sunday school teachers and musicians, Lord God. Oh, Father, raise up servants in 
this church and in the kingdom of God that, Lord, we will take this world by storm and doing the work of the ministry and the will of God. We thank you today, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Oh, God, have your way today. Let your peace that passes all understanding rest upon us. Let our soul with your joy will your Lord Jesus. And God, we call upon your name for the revelation of the plan of God for our part that we must play, our role that we must play. Lord, as we go from this place, will you keep your hand upon us? We give you the honor and the praise. We give you the honor and the praise. If you have never given your life to Jesus and you would like to give your life to Jesus, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, you can do that today. You can surrender your life today and never, ever be in the same ever again. If you want to do so, you come and see me or you reach out to our audiovisual folks and let them know you want to give your life to Christ. And we will lead you through baptism and God will do the rest. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful afternoon.